And welcome, everybody. Good morning. It is, uh, uh, it's June 26th. We are one week away from July, and this is a Saturday morning in Seattle, Washington, or Bellevue, Washington. We are in the hottest state in the Union right now, I think. It's about, what is it out there, about 83, 84 degrees already. It's only 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> 82 right now, but quickly rising. Oh, thank you very much, sir. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, going to be an interesting weekend because this week, today it should be about up to 99 or higher. Tomorrow will be about 104, and Monday, well, who knows, through the stratosphere. <clears throat> anyway, so we're just going to kind of try to take it easy here. We're going to, you know, not exert a lot of energy doing this, but we'll still have fun. Of course we will. And today we are very lucky to have Mr. Michael Seapress in studio again. He's wonderful in studio, and he's good outside of studio too, but we'd rather have him here. <laughs> he's cracking up. Anyway, so he's going to be playing some music for us and talking about his trip that he recently did, which is going to be awesome. He covered, I don't know, how many states did you cover? Oh, did we do the final count? Uh, 10, 11, 12, something like that. <laughs> In five weeks, too. Yeah. Believe that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, we're going to be talking to him about that. And also, what lessons did he learn on that trip? Well, who knows? You know, he does have a moon in Sagittarius, so he probably learned a lot. So anyway, we're going to have him. And then we're also going to be doing on the Ce- Celebrity of the Week. We're going to just continue the theme of the royal family this week. I decided to because I was noticing that Prince Charles seems to have his name in the news a lot lately. And he's creating a lot of trouble for Harry. Shame on him. It's his bloody son for crying out loud. But we looked at his chart and kind of kind of see it. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then let's see what else have we got. We've got all our usual other things. And um, yeah, and also we also have a new sponsor, which is Emerald Spiral which is happening next month. Oh, boy. It's going to be a busy, busy hour. So we're going to get started with that in just a minute. We're going to take a break. And when we get back, we're going to be doing the Astro Celebrity of the Week. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Find out the latest about your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Check out 1150kknw.com. to like it so much we had to do it again this week <laughs> anyway um the prince charles is the celebrity of the week here and um we should have said god save the king because he'll be king next 
I think. So anyway, so what's going on in his chart? A lot of stuff. Okay, so let me give you his birth date. I have never actually done him on the air, but why not? Okay, November 14th, 1948. He was born at 9.14 p.m., Greenwich Mean Time in London, England. Okay, so his, the specifics of his chart are he's a Scorpio sun, he has a Leo rising, and he has a Taurus moon. It's very interesting, his chart, because the interesting part is where his north node and the moon sit, up in his 10th house. That's his career house. It is at zero Taurus, and believe it or not, Elizabeth's sun degree is zero Taurus. Isn't that amazing? So essentially what we're saying about that is that She's going to provide his career for him and his pathway in his life and his purpose all go through her. So um, it's, it's just really interesting to see the ties between their, char their charts, uh, Elizabeth and Charles' chart. They're very interesting. So, you know, I don't know if you probably were wondering what was going on with him this week because I kept looking in news flashes, looking on, on Facebook and all that stuff, and he kept coming up in the news feed. And I said, well, he's going to not go. He's not going to stay in town when Harry comes into town to dedicate the statue of Diana. And I'm not sure what the statue is. Do you know what that is, Nathan, what the statue is about? It's some sort of national thing that they're making a big deal out of that, um, that it's going to be uh, placed, I think, somewhere near her where she's where she was uh, buried. I'm not sure. So anyway, it's supposed to be a really nice statue, and it was going to be a, a, a nice uh, process of, 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 you know, telling everybody what it's about and, and making sure that everybody, um, you know, kind of acknowledges her, you know, after all these years. But it was a special, a special, um, special thing that they're doing. So, um, so he said on the... On this is, I'm not going to stay in town while Harry is here. And I went, now that sounds just like a little kid, doesn't it? You know, I'm not going to be in town when he and his son come here. Now, I'm not going to. Okay, so I thought, well, why is he acting like a child? So I looked at his chart and I saw Mars just went over his ascendant. I went, there you go. That usually just trips everybody's trolley when Mars goes over your ascendant. So it's, it goes from the unknown or the unaware sign or chart um, area, which is the 12th house, into the first house. So people become very aware of it. And Mars is, has, has to do with anger and all that other stuff. And, you know, Mars and Leo, Leo is like if you don't get enough attention, you tend to, to, you tend to cry about it. And unfortunately, I think, uh, Charles just kind of showed he was kind of a baby at that time. So I know he's in his 70s now, but, you know, sometimes we can go back to our childhood really easily when something triggers it, you know. And just because Harry left the country with his wife and had a baby here and basically washed his hands of the whole royal family doesn't mean that he's still not his child. So I'm if you're listening, Charles, <laughs> yeah, like he is. But if you're listening, Charles... Let, let, let's put this is this is a learning lesson for you. I mean, there's something I want to say, and I said this to myself a couple of days ago. I said, you know, you have your kids, and those your kids will be your kids forever, no matter what has happened. And uh, why why ignore them, and why try to replace them with something else? Because pretty soon, you know, either you won't be here or he won't be here, 
you won't have that chance to be together. So, you know, it's a good idea to just uh, mend fences and even if you have to play along a little bit. But so, you know, I just found it interesting that um, he just kind of got his little, got something stuck somewhere and kind of flamed out a little bit. So uh, anyway, let's see what else he's got. He's got a ton of fourth house stuff. Got his sun, his Chiron, his Mercury, and the South Node, and Venus, and Neptune. All that stuff is all in the second, first, fourth house. That's the house of mom. Okay, we know that. And usually with the Leo rising, Leo rising is the sign of the royal. And I was just thinking about this because our guest also has the same thing. He has Leo rising too, plus Sagittarius moon in the fifth. So it it's really rather interesting. I, I guess I'm doing a partial reading for you too, Michael. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of these things can actually be attributed to you as well. So, um, you know, the Leo rising is very common in the royal family, Leo sun or Leo rising, because it's the sign of the royals. You know, I was thinking about, okay, Princess Anne was a Leo. Okay. And I think I'm trying to remember one of the other sons has Leo rising and they both have Leo rising in. And Queen Elizabeth also has Leo Moon, and, you know, it just runs all the way through the family, and I do believe Prince Philip had Leo Rising as well. So they were all very regal-looking, and they all kind of did that really well. But, you know, um, there's just, there is sort of a downside to Leo sometimes, and that's like, well, if I don't get enough attention, I'm just going to pout for a while, and I'm going to leave. Maybe somebody will notice me after I'm gone. So, I mean, not gone physically, but gone out of the room. So, you know, it's it's just kind of interesting to watch his behavior change as as this whole, you know, Mars is a relatively unimportant planet, except when it goes over one of the angles and you find yourself in a fight with somebody. OK, or fight with some or something that's going on around you or, you know, um, liberating yourself against something that you feel really strongly about. You know, it's just really tough. So, um because Mars is so important, it's basically a trigger planet between the inner and the outer planets. It's sort of a catalyst that ties all the rest of the planets together. So it is a, you know, when we want to get our needs met, we go to Mars. If we get angry, we go to Mars. If we are um, upset with somebody and we're telling them off, that's Mars. Um, it, it's a real hot button in our chart where we get upset. Okay, so... Um, and he also has Mars. His ruler of Mars is well, he's in Sagittarius, which is interesting. Mars and Sag in the fifth, you know, and uh, that has a lot to do with. And I know that our guest sort of has the same thing with his Moon in Sag. Okay, we have a we have a lot of overload here, but <laughs> <laughs> double backing over things. So anyway, um, you know, the Sagittarius is the fun sign, and and you know goes off and does pilgrimages and. And goes and has adventures. That's a big thing for Sagittarius. So um, the thing of it is, well, Mars, over, it's, it's just went over his ascendant a couple of days ago. So I think I can see why he did all this. I hope, hopefully he'll, he'll, he'll apologize to Harry because it's just not like somebody who's in a royal position. You should just kind of grow up, okay? I just... That's a very editorialized comment, I realize, but you can certainly see people's behavior in their chart when you look at how they're being affected by the planets around them. So anyway, so anyway, we're going to take a really quick break here. And when we get back here, 
We're going to be talking to our guest, Mr. Michael Seafrest. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I don't know what I was saying. Making it up. Oh, hello. It's time for the Emerald Spiral. I forgot about this. Oh, <laughs> my. I've got Nathan is cracking up, my producer. I forgot. It's the Emerald Spiral Expo on July 24th, 2021. Okay, I know it was funny. Emerald Spiral is back. After almost two years, we're coming back on July 24th at Kent Commons, where we usually do this. We are the biggest new age fair in the Northwest, featuring spiritual, metaphysical authors, crystals, and many psychic readers. There are over 60 booths selling crystals, books, and readings. And the booths, I believe, are still available. Okay, so bring your family, friends, and kindred spirits and explore the exciting world of alternative medicine, new age wisdom, and quantum physics. Allow Emerald Spiral to help you discover a new adventure on your journey of spirituality, your purpose, and the magic inside of you. Emerald Spiral is a free event with free parking at Kent Commons, at 525 4th Avenue North on Saturday at January, uh, excuse me, July 24th, 21st, I'm sorry, 24th, 2021. I just got off track there. The new hours, however, are 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And if you want to know more about this, you can contact Astara Brisky if you're interested in becoming a vendor or visit us at emeraldspiral.com. This is Martha Norwalk, every Sunday morning beginning at 9 a.m. Thanks in part to Linda Rasmussen at VerticalEnergyWorldwide.com, we cover the world of animals. This week is Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald, entertaining, educating, and uplifting the Human Animal Sunday. Kevin's guests include Be Strong, Be Wise author Amy Carpenter, transformational coach Allison Roberts, and Inner World Movement's Dana Parker. Hope you can join them. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. Magic boots of desert leather. How it feels when we're together. The love you gave me could make diamonds out of stone. You're my poet out of nowhere with the profile of a prince your black curls waving through the white sands of my mind these magic boots got me rolling on keep on rolling got to move along That was wonderful. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, thank you. Happy to be here. Well, Wearing my you. magic boots today. That's right. <laughs> I guess you did. That was great. I love it. That was well done. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so 
How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm great. I'm, I'm great. I'm fresh off the road. Happy to be here in the studio with you. Oh, good. In our air-conditioned studio. Oh, isn't it wonderful? Though oh. I got to say, Seattle's weather ain't nothing compared to the heat in Arizona oh. I was in a couple weeks ago. Oh, I bet. you. How, how hot was it there? How creeping, hot was it? <laughs> creeping up on 118 oh, when good. I decided to be camping in the middle of the mountains in the Tonto National Forest <laughs> north of Phoenix. I, so. I didn't last as long as I thought I might. Yeah, right. Oh, my. <laughs> My word. Well, at least yeah. you got a preparation for this. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Feels good to be oh. back home. So you just took a long journey, you know, and because of your moon and Sag, I could see why. So it's a pilgrimage, basically. You went on a pilgrimage back to Wisconsin to visit family. That's right. But you did a whole lot of other stuff, too. So let, tell us about what you did. Sure. Well, you know, after 16 months of not leaving my neighborhood. <laughs> I, oh, my I, God. You can't th- do that when you have a moon and sun. Oh, I know. That that traveler itch was Ooh. just beyond, just yeah. beyond. So, um, you know, thankfully, the, the world is starting to crack open a little bit again, and I was able to hop in my car and... Uh, my dad was celebrating his 70th birthday, so I used oh, that great. as my first destination and uh, hopped in my wheels and started to make my way across to the Midwest. Um, so uh, let's see, Seattle, through Idaho, all the way through Montana, North Dakota, Minnesota, and down into central Wisconsin oh. as the first long leg of the trip. Um, yeah. My guitar in, in the back of the car and camp gear and blank sketchbook pages waiting to be filled and oh, just great. a chance to hit the road and clear my mind and see what's out there. I hope your air conditioning didn't break down. It was working like a oh, champ. <laughs> Especially when you go to through North Dakota. Yeah. It's that's true. hot there. It's true. It's yeah. true. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's just so cool. You know, um, so when you did this, um, did you feel an extended amount of creativity come through you? I. Y- Yes. And there's something about the freedom of the road that I realize is yeah. always really good for me. Yeah. Really. And I think it's good for a lot of people. Sure. That and even the act of driving, you know, that yeah. sort of soft place in our mind, that almost trance state that happens when yeah. you're making a long drive. Oh, it, yeah. Uh, for me, it feels really similar to the cr- creative part of right. our brain. Right. And so uh, I always find incredible Kind of simultaneously decompressing and relaxing, releasing, and then also getting all sorts of fresh ideas, um, inspiration, and just to be out in the world seeing what it's what it has to offer is uh, magic. I mean, I know I've watched some videos on YouTube of the Empire Builder. I think that oh, is yeah. the, the train trip yeah. that goes from Chicago right. back to Seattle. That's and the train I used to move out to Seattle. Oh, well, yeah. really? <laughs> yeah. How about that? Yeah, me and 12 boxes and uh, the pilgrimage west to start my well, new chapter out here. That would have been so much easier than necessarily driving it, although, you know, it still would have been cool, but... Got to be on a train and to watch it all go by. That would yeah. be fantastic. Yeah, for me. really wonderful. I would love it. Really wonderful. So that's great. Um, so, okay. So you did, okay. So how long did you drive every day? And did you stay in a hotel or on your way or you something? You know, I, I really shoot from the hip when I travel. I'm, I'm, I'm outfitted to be able to do a few different things. Camp, I mean, I love to camp any time possible. I would prefer to sleep right on the ground. Yeah. Um, be in nature as my stopping point especially when I'm making long hauls, driving, you know, five, six, seven, eight, sometimes more hours a day. Right. I tend not to push it too much with the road time because I want to be able to 
soak up what I'm experiencing oh, rather yeah. than just drive, drive, drive. Right. So I, I'm really guilty of every small town I see along the way, I hop off the main <laughs> freeway and go and explore, yeah. throw my throw my camera over my shoulder usually and yeah. wander around. And, you know, to be reminded that every little town in our country has its own wonderful, unique identity. Yeah. And whether it's a town of, you know, 60,000 or 16 people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> each, Wide variety, uh, but yeah, right. still the each, same energy. Each spot has its own unique voice and yeah. something unique that happened there that they sort of yeah. hung their hat on and claim as their own. Right. And so to be able to just explore and see that, I find really um, satisfying and uh, inspiring. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's yeah. Probably, because I was just thinking about, um, I think you and I were talking just before we came in here, what was this... What kind, oh you were asking me the the um the sign of a particular state right yeah and I was trying to remember oh yes it was California California yeah uh, um I kept thinking well it was Venus I think Venus or um or something sign of Venus or Libra or the, or, or Taurus one of those three signs two signs and I thought well you know I was trying to remember and I thought, you know that wasn't right it was something else maybe in Virgo or something like that I said Virgo why for California, well, because that's just like super picky, you know. And, mm-hmm. But you know, in some respects, if that's true, it kind of fits them, you know. Um, showing the perfect image, you know, that kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so sure. um, yeah, every every state and city has its own astrological sign, you know. And let me tell you, it shows up, you know. It really does. Like in case you're all wondering, kids. United, we're talking about Washington State and Seattle. They both have the same sign of Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's really interesting because the things that happen in this city are very Scorpionic, usually. So, um, yeah, it just seems to be tied to that experience of that sign that it's in. Like, for instance, Oregon. Oregon is, is definitely Aquarius. It's crazy down there. I mean, crazy-making. You know, very liberal, obviously. And also the thing that I noticed that their buildings are constructed very weirdly down there. They mm. don't have any sort of organization and plan as to how to plot their land. They just put a building here and put one over there and then over here, and they all don't fit together. And I said, well, that's interesting, too, you know. So everything <laughs> that you see that uh, is applied to the assignment, the the particular state had its, you know, uh, city charter or whatever it was yeah state state things set up mm-hmm. that's when they do it you know well and hearing this makes me want to now re revisit the route i took and look at the astrology of, yes. of each state or each each town even and see if i can connect that to so the you can find a pattern there yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and probably something <laughs> to do with your chart too right. it would make sense so yeah mm-hmm. and I, i'm just thinking about um like various cities like um New York City, I believe, is, I believe it's not Aries. I think it may be Sagittarius or something like that. But, or it's, no, it's Leo. Yeah. Man, it's such a Leonian city. They were showing off back there. You know, it makes sense. So um, there's some real strong indicators, you know, in in charts, you know. it'll, It'll turn up in the personality of the city, how they design their buildings, the people that live there. They're all a part of that sign. So... It's really kind of interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah, really, really is. You know, it's kind of, 
I have a, a piece of paper at home that's got listed all the ci- all the cities, the states, and then also the the um, capitals of the city. They're all listed as far as uh, what state, what particular sign they're under, you know. And so I mean, I just remember I was just telling you before we came in here about the um, the sign of Scorpio applying to the state of Washington, and I saw an article when I was at an astrological conference talking about Seattle's sexual underground. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) I went, okay. (laughs) And I ran that by an astrologer friend. He says, well, that's interesting, isn't it? (laughs) You know, and I said, yeah, it is very interesting, but it makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. well, it really matches up, not that bit about Seattle, but while traveling, when... You're passing through one area and enter a new one, yes. and the feeling distinctly changes. It's That's palpable. Right. I it mean, is. It's, really it's very palpable. palpable. You know, you're only, what, 50 miles later, and suddenly it's like, wow, this feels completely different than where I just was. Yeah, where did I come from, yeah. and where am I going, you know, and, and how it's, I mean, I think it's because of, you know, we've talked about your stationary Neptune. It's probably legendary by now, I think, but, you know, stationary <laughs> Neptune feels things much more deeply than most people. You know, they feel things in the terms of energy and, and how it's transmuted and how you move from one energy um, block to another block, you know, and um, and how that happens. And when you're in traveling, you can certainly see that a lot, you know, because one city will be very conservative, the next will be liberal, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Sure. You know, so that just makes total sense. I love it. So anyway, okay, so oh, what time is it? Got two more minutes here. Yeah. All righty. So, um... What was your favorite place to visit? Mm, you know, uh, uh, favorite place. Gosh, ever the, the the next one is always my favorite when I travel. You're right, you right. Know? Oh yeah, cool. <laughs> the, right. Yeah. You, the, I can ooh and ah. But actually, you had mentioned earlier uh, while we were chatting about coincidences that mm-hmm. happen on the road, or yeah. and that being connected to the, my uh, Sag, Sagittarius yes. moon. Yes. This idea of coincidence, coincidences, and one of my one of the most profound things I experienced was while I was driving through the Nez Perce uh, native land and native uh, national forest in yeah. central or north central Idaho. Right. Spectacular landscapes. And it's actually the photo I sent you as well of, oh, of, yeah, of the yeah. mountains. And while I was there, I didn't have a speck of cell reception or even radio signal for while soaking up these gorgeous mountain views of wow. the national forest there. Yeah. But I got an itch out of the blue to just try the radio dial, even though I knew it was probably going to be yeah. nothing. Right. And on one <laughs> one local AM station, I was able to pick up the tr- the local tribes broadcast that at that very moment was broadcasting their drum and oh. native singing. So there I was, unex- not expecting to be able to listen to a thing and just yeah. soak up the landscape. And the one station serendipitously that I could get was the music of the native tribe of that land. So for about 90 miles, I could travel through stunningly beautiful mountains on a gorgeous sunny day with the traditional music of the tribe playing as my soundtrack. It was just the dreamiest thing imaginable. You couldn't have planned if you tried. I really couldn't. So talk about coincidences. And the the gifts that come to you when you're you're traveling and on the road. I mean, it was just... I actually, amazing. I had to pull over and yeah. just 
like soak it hold up. it i just can't drive anymore yeah. <laughs> this is just yeah. too intense yeah, it was it was amazing <laughs> yeah that is so fabulous that's wonderful okay we're going to take another really quick break here when we get back more with uh mr seapress i'm going to talk about his spirituality because basically this is what we're talking about here is spiritual is when you notice what's happening and you put it together and form a puzzle with it. Not just see it as a bunch of disparate little events that don't mean anything, but you put them together and it means something. Okay. So anyway, we'll be right back here with the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed first-time guest Kate Ekman, who teaches us how to strengthen our spiritual core in a full spirit workout. On Saturday, put on your dancing shoes and enjoy Independence Day boomer music favorites when we play DJs for a day. It's like Hamilton without the ticket hassle. Bringing you mastery and mystery, and occasionally some music since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Miss a show on KKNW? Check out 1150kknw.com for podcasts of many of our programs. That's 1150kknw.com. Now we're staring at the last signs of America. Yeah, we're staring. At the last signs fit to die Oh, we see the paint keep peeling And calling up that feeling As we know our days are numbered in the sky That seems very appropriate for what we just were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the last signs of America. I mean, that's a, that song was a gift to me from the road, for sure. Yeah, for absolutely. Sure. I can see that. That's incredible. Seeing this, all the small towns passing through them, seeing empty storefronts, old signs with the paint peeling, getting yeah. this sense of what used to be there. Yeah. And then, of course, um, the verse later in the song talks about what we can grow, what we can grow in these in these open spaces, yeah. these abandoned spaces, right. that will take us into the new chapter. Right. Yeah, I remember watching a video one time of a man who was unfortunately killed a bunch of years ago. His name was Jay Sebring. He was one of the Manson group, and there was a video showing his hometown, and the driver was driving through the streets on the streets where he lived. There was no houses, nothing there. It's like everybody mm. just left. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I felt so much sadness seeing that. I just felt as though they, I felt that the people that were there had just given up being there. Right. Just I had to get up. We just had to get out of there because it was just so depressing to yeah. live there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it was really like that. Just old buildings that were boarded up. Maybe one house on one street. That's it. Next street didn't have any houses and then maybe have a couple of houses at the end of the block. You know, and it was it was like a ghost town. It was part of Detroit, mm. you know, yeah. and and it was so ramshackled. It was so downtrodden that I just felt this incredible sadness looking at it. You know, I said, oh, my God, there's people. There were people there. There are kids playing on the street. There was all that stuff going on and it, they're no longer there. Right. 
Yeah. Right. It's just jaw dropping, and then it makes you makes me ask the question: What happened? Yes, what that's happened. What, what that, the heck happened to them? And and one thing I notice, and you see this a lot. It's very easy outside of every one of those small towns. There's almost always every several hundred miles the big corporate cluster of mm. chain hotels, chain yeah. gas stations, yeah. a Walmart, a Sam's Club, all of these things yeah. that are, you know, within the vicinity of those small places. That, yeah. And those have zero identity. I mean, you could no. bl- you could blindfold yourself and drive between them yeah. and take off your blindfold and you would never know where you actually are because right. they're so they're cookie cutter identical yeah. all the way across so the nation. So you don't even know where you are. Same right. stuff. Right. Yeah. But then it's in those small towns where you actually have a sense of where you are. But of yeah. course, in terms of uh, money and economy and w- yeah. work possibility and supporting a community, yeah. you know, we know we know <laughs> we know what happened. And yeah. It, it seems like that since we've kind of abandoned back those those times when those kids were playing on the block and the, the houses were built. And the people were being with each other, neighbors. I mean, that was back when I was growing up in the 50s. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the extension of the 40s after World War II. And um, it it seemed like everybody was connected to each other on my block, wherever they were. Sure. And, you know, whenever we had a block sale one time, everybody on, on the block, we all had, you know, sales at their homes. You know, and it was amazing because none of us ever even stopped to think that you're not doing that because it wouldn't be cool or we have our stuff ripped off. That never happened. Right. You know, right. And but it was a wonderful feeling. And I always felt as though that why hasn't that continued on into the future? It just seems like corporate America has taken place of all that heart stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's true. It's yeah. true. And and what is community really all about? Yeah. And And what can we do right here and now today? Yeah. to rebuild these communities and get back in touch with one another. I agree. You know, you know, in the face of a big corporate money power that does not want us to do that. And no, they don't. It's, it's anti <laughs> yeah. that. You right. know, it's always about making money. Right. But it's it seems though there are still communities out there that still do this. Yes. You just have to drive yeah. along and far to find them. Right, right. Um, I know that my friend Matt Shea, who is also on this show, he says what he does all the time. He drives places to find down home places, a nice little restaurant off the freeway or off the highway that you were going to all the family and all the all the people of the, of the town are there eating dinner, you know, and see that is just such a, it's an amazing thing, you know, and yeah. as part of my past. And I feel very strongly about it. And I've always wanted to somehow transport myself back in time to that point because it was very warm. It was very fun. Uh, we used to spend time up at Whidbey Island at a, at a resort up there. There'd be like 10, 15 families up there in all in cabins. And they would all, instead of, you would expect, if they did that now, they'd all be self-contained. They wouldn't even talk to each other. Right. 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 We were all together there. You know, we had neighbors. We talked to them. Neighbors across there, we talked to them. We had once a week, we had a weenie roast. <laughs> it was pretty cool, <laughs> you know. And, um, and Trevor, the guy that ran the place, he had a big, huge barbecue pit up right on the beach. And all of us went down there. And no, nobody was, nobody even didn't think about coming because they came because they provided the meal and all that stuff. But it was fabulous to have a big weenie roast over a big fire. Yeah. Yeah. s'mores and all that right. good stuff you right. know and and those are the things that i remember so much because we were it was a happy time we were very happy and we felt good 
about being with each other, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and now that's changed. Yeah. 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 And it really does start, it starts inside of us. Yes, it does. And then it can extend to those around us, right? Yes. So I, I'm constantly asking myself, and, I, and it's a thing I feel responsibility around as an artist, yeah. to help people reconnect with that openness inside of themselves right. so that then they, they feel good bringing, huh. bringing their neighbors into the mix and yeah. chatting up a person on the street that, that they're curious about or just yeah. being together openly and yeah. Get, getting rid of the fear and hesitation around it. I think it's it's a, a, a process of, you know, being people with like mind, obviously, is, is kind of the way we do it now. Mm-hmm. Maybe 20, 30 years ago, it wasn't so much. It was just about being people, being with people. Yeah. But now it's uh, of like mind, finding people. And it's interesting in the astrology community, we all just hang out with each other and it's sort of a similar feeling as the way it was in the 50s. You know, because we all have one thing that we have in common, and that's sure. astrology. And yeah. We share that with each other. Yeah. You know, and so that's really cool. So I'm always in search of that somewhere. I'm looking for that. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, we're starting a new psychic group in August down at the Pizza Casa restaurant. In, in, um, oh, really? Yeah, oh, cool. we are. Yeah, it'll be on Tuesday nights, mm-hmm. and, and we're going to have it at Pizza Casa, which is just uh, just off the highway in Lakewood. And... um. I, I keep seeing visually in my head all these people from all walks of life are there just to celebrate, just to celebrate. For one thing, we're all going to celebrate getting out of this this hellhole called the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It'll, I suspect it's going to be a little bit like recreating those times you know, 30, 40 years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. Because so many people are going to be wanting to see other people. Right, So right. This is one of the reasons we're doing it. And I think I think that's something a lot of people, hopefully everyone has tuned, <laughs> has tuned into during the pandemic is our human need for that very thing that you yes. just described. And, right. and now is our chance to start to cultivate it. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I think what we had to do, the the pandemic to me was necessary. It had to happen. I hate to say that, but we we're all going off on so many of, of crazy tracks and that we somehow lost the lost the attention for on ourselves, what we needed to do for ourselves. So we were forced to stop and spend time alone in our apartments or our houses mm-hmm. and really look at what's going on with ourselves. Right. Yep. Right. That's Saturn-Pluto stuff. Yeah. It's like yeah. the reflection you have to do, that work. And then when it's all over, we come out and we celebrate because we have a greater sense of ourselves, hopefully, you know, and that we can share that with other people, the process. Right. Yeah. And that greater sense of yourself helps you be with people who might be distinctly different than you. Yeah, and, that's cool. And you can still have a great time spending time with them. Yeah. And you don't have to have absolutely everything in common. You that's can, right. you know, you can just really love your neighbor for who yeah. they are yeah. and not get in a twist about it. That's you true. Know? Yeah. And you learn something from people that right. are drastically different right. than you are. Right. Yeah. And what so. what a gift that is. It's really a gift. I really love that. I mean, you probably discovered that on your trip that you took, too. I oh, yeah. Imagine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you never know who you're going to come across, you no. know, when you're traveling. No. And even even if it's the simplest things, you know, gas station attendants. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, I, I often, making the long trips, take a break. I'll find a, sm- a small park somewhere to just kind of lay down a blanket and have a snack and reboot a little bit yeah. before I keep traveling. And the, the people you meet along the way, it, it's wonderful. 
if yeah. you're open. If you're open. If you're open. If you're open. And, yeah. and you find out that everybody's connected because they're all doing the similar type of situation. Right. So you doing this? Oh, yeah, I'm doing this too. I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. So they can yeah. share the commonality of that experience. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So. And you think at a glance you might not have anything in common with, with them, but I, I always try to remember where am I right in that moment? Right. Here I am in a park relaxing oh there's someone else they're in oh, a park good. and I'll relaxing sit by them and yeah I'll talk to them. <laughs> right. exactly. yeah we right. already have that in common that's right it's amazing what you find out in common you know um it seems as though that when we're either we're traveling or we're just going through our day or going through situations we always seem to attract people that are like us that really and I, i've talked to somebody about this recently about their relationships that they had it was about um, this woman who was going through a Pluto transit on her Venus, which means she's going to attract somebody very intense to her, and it could be a major love thing, and could be a Scorpio. And I said, well, when am I going to meet this guy? I said, well, soon, pretty soon. It's like it's right here right now, so it's any time. She met him the next day. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, by the yeah. way, you were right about that. Yeah. I met somebody, and he is a Scorpio. I said, good for you. Yeah. So, I, and unfortunately, there is a downside to those relationships because there's a lot of codependency and a lot of that kind of stuff that takes place. And it's difficult to, to navigate that kind of thing when, um, it's, it's, when you realize it's a part of the cosmic plan. <laughs> you know, well, I just, well, I attracted this guy. I have to see this one through, I think, because I'm going to learn a lot from this. Right, right. You know, but she contacted me a second time and told me he was going through some problems. And I said, okay, well, you know, you have a choice. He says, you have a choice. Either you let him go. If you do, someone else will come in. (laughs) Because during a transit, it's like they just line up at the door unless you just do one and then that takes care of all of them. But, you know, if you Mm -hmm. have... If you get rid of one, it'll be there'll be another one bringing the next layer layer of the issues that you're going to go through with with a person, until you get down to the bottom layer, which of the stuff is the the transformative information that you need to find about yourself that has always managed to attract someone like this person. You know, it's a, it's basically a pattern in a person's life, and Pluto has us looking at our patterns, what we do. You know, and so um, I just warned her, well, just you could do this. You know, you have about another month to think about it. But, you know, if you let go of him, you may have to go do another one. <laughs> I'm right. sorry about right. this. <laughs> but it's this is the thing that, you know, Pluto has set it up for you to, in this time frame, to go through down this road. And this road is is going to be interesting. It's going to be dealing with your issues of not wanting to feel codependent, and yes, you do. And she has a, such a non-codependent chart, but yet, and yet, you know, there there it was, right there in her ballpark. So, yeah. you know, it's it's amazing that we can chart, you know, things that happen like that. But, God, I mean, the next day, come on. <laughs> you, know? you called that one, Eileen. <laughs> well, I the stars called like that. that one, yeah. Says, well, I met him today. I yeah. met him. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, you know, but... You know, sometimes, actually, that was probably a good thing, you know, that I forewarned her, you know, that could be any time. But, you know, it, it was just an amazing situation for her. And she's just learning constant lessons from me. She's taking astrology lessons from me now. She's, she's learning about what she's 
you know, trying to learn about him, you know, mm-hmm. learn, and to frame it in this direction. So mm-hmm. anyway, yak, yakety yak, <laughs> there I go. Well, and it's where I find astrology to be so helpful yeah. is because it shows you this grid work, yeah. this sort of frame to, to look through. So when things come in and out, in and out of your life, yeah. you, you can sort of understand that they're part of a bigger path. Yeah, you do. You and, know, well, this must be this. Yeah, and so. it helps diffuse the pressure around it a little oh, bit. Oh, it does. Like, okay, no, this is meant to be happening, yeah. and so how do I move through it yeah. and accept it for what it is? Yeah, I mean, if you know that something like this is going to happen, when it does happen, don't be surprised by it, you know. Right. Just go, well, thank you, universe. It's just it's right on cue, Yeah. you know. Yeah. And so it's amazing to see life through those lenses sometimes. It really is, so... Anyway, we're going to take another real quick break, and when we get back, uh, we'll be doing more with Mr. Michael Seapress. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read for Susan Bergstrom of the Medicare Exchange. Susan Bergstrom is a licensed agent in Washington and Oregon, helping people obtain security in their lives by providing insurance that pays final expenses and money for transitioning after a loved one dies. Now, we have a new event, a thing here. This just happened maybe a couple of weeks ago. There's a new long-term care tax that's going to be starting on January 2022. It's going to be imposed on everyone that is a W-2 employee, which is probably just about everybody. So anyway, this is a new state tax. You'll be forced to pay 71 cents for every $100 you earn. So if you earn a $200,000 per year gross, the state will take $1,160 per year in additional taxes from you. This doesn't sound very nice, does it? Anyway, the benefit will give you $100 per day for one year if you still live in Washington. To qualify, you must pay for 10 years. And even after that, you don't even see the money that comes after that. I can, okay, so anyway, so she's basically going to tell you that um, it, you know, she can provide you with a long-term personal care with um, much better benefits if you want to opt out of the state's plan. The state has made this mandatory. You can, can't, cannot opt out unless you pay for your own. There are a bunch of rules on how the policy must be structured. Please call me if you want a cheaper option. Most life insurance contracts with long-term care providers do not meet the criteria. It is definitely worth a conversation. So contact Susan Bergstrom at the Medicare Exchange. And also her phone number is 253-318-9379. Broaden your horizons. You'll be amazed at all the topics we cover on Alternative Talk 1150. Got the world outside knocking. We got every device tick tick tocking. Busy, busy, the illusion mantra. You could fix it if you did what you want to. Got to slow down, baby, slow down. You got to slow down, baby, slow down. 
I like that song. <laughs> Slow I, down. You haven't played that one. Before, no, that's a new one. That's right, cool. Yeah. I yeah, like yeah, that yeah. one a lot. Yeah, I could sing along with that one. <laughs> well, uh, when you invited me to join you today, you had mentioned, choose some songs that, that connect with your trip on the road. And oh. so thinking, you know, one of the things I always remember while traveling is slow down a little bit. Slow down. And yeah. enjoy what you're enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. And takes just take some time to look around, to right. see what's there. You don't have to be in a rush, you nope. know? Nope. The nope. the the clock, you know, the clock is always weighing on us, but to to set it down. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> to set it down once in a while and just ignore it is yeah. uh, is a good thing. Well, the good thing is too when it, wherever you're going places and you're going to see people and you tell them, well, I'll be there at approximately. Yes. <laughs> you have your own <laughs> inner clock. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure if it's right. going to be five or six or seven o'clock, but exactly. I'll be there. Right. You know, right. so yeah. And with your moon and Sag, you pretty much have to make your own schedule up. You can't do it by everybody else's. So No, I find that really doesn't work for me. No, yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. So that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it always seems like when we get together, we have these conversations and we start at the top and then we get deeper really quick. We're good at that. I know we do. <laughs> and, you know, today it is kind of finding out the purpose behind a journey. You know, it's sort of a Jupiterian thing. Jupiter is very much um, journey and adventures. But um, there, there's something underneath that, that propels us forward through those things. You know, uh, like for me, I'm uh, ever since I saw a photograph and footage of Mount Shasta, I have to go there. Mm. I just have to go yeah. there. I, yeah. It's so beautiful. And... I mean, it reminds me quite a bit of Mount Rainier, and I live fairly close to Mount Rainier. Mm -hmm. So, um, except it's kind of got two peaks, not one. But, uh, yeah, there's just something about that mountain. I'm very attracted to mountains anyway. You know, there's something very wonderful about them. Probably because Jupiter's at the top of the chart, and it's big, you know. So, I don't know. Yeah. But um, it it seems as though um, when when I find something that I'm really really tuned into and I really have to do it, I g- I'm going to do it. I'm going to take that coast starlight that goes up the, s- out of, up the, c- up, up the coast. The, up the oh, coast. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take that yep. sometime in the next year. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go for yeah. three days and do yeah. that. And it's, it's cool to hear you talk about your intuition leading, leading you on that trip. Yeah, you know, oh, wanting, absolutely. Rather than this sort of intellectual thing being like, well, that looks really interesting and I should go research or I should do this, but yeah. more just, no, I have a feeling about this place. I have a really strong feeling. And I, I need to go there. Yeah. yeah. And the reason I got attracted to uh, Mount Shasta is why I saw this video on this coast starlight. And I thought, oh, this sounds neat. What a neat title for it. You know, and so I watched this really wonderful video. It was about a half an hour long. Somebody trekking that, you know, all the way from L.A. up to Seattle. Mm-hmm. And um, and I said, that is so perfect. Yeah. It's so perfect. You know, it goes all over the place, and it kind of goes inland up in the state of California and goes through Shasta, which I just, I thought, that's me. That's what I have to do. So, um, yeah, uh, it's a very metaphysical town, evidently, Mount Shasta. Very much so, Yeah. yeah. Can yeah. go visit there and just make some money or something, right? You know, <laughs> so meet more of your people there. That's right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So anyway, but you know, that's it's interesting how we find the places that we're really, really um, connected to, whether it's a previous life or whatever it is. You know, something that draws us to it, 
you know, and it dr- takes it and draws our attention to it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to then it's just been kind of a, you know, amorphous. All of a sudden we're looking at this thing that we know that we have to do. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's a whole other way of looking at where you are, where you might go, yeah. where you might be. You know, it's one thing to lay out the paper map and see the logical route between point A and point B. Right. But it's another thing to let your your own inner compass kind of lead the way. Yeah. And to if you think you're going in a certain direction, but your feeling tells you, nah, I should, I should maybe not do that. Yeah. I should take a turn here yeah. to follow that because I find almost always it has, it bears fruit. Oh, yeah. Always, always it always has something does. to offer. Yeah. yeah. You got to follow your inner guidance system. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it takes you to the places that mean something to you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. So, Okay. We're going to stop our talking right now. I'm going to do the final things. At the end, we're going to bring you back for a little bit of a song. So thank you very much, Michael. It was awesome. Thank you. Thrilled to be here. (laughs) Good. Okay, so we have some new events coming up. Uh, We have the Pizza Casa on Mondays. I'm not sure if I'm going tomorrow or Monday because it's going to be like 114. I don't think so. So I'm probably going to just hole up in my apartment and and try to stay cool. I don't know if I want to get in a car and drive somewhere in that kind of heat. Yeah, I believe tires have a problem, too, in that kind of heat, too. They can just blow out. So anyway, I'm thinking about not going. But I, we are going to start the new experience, the Jupiter Experience, a metaphysical conversation. That's the name of our group. It's going to be the psychic group starting in Lakewood on August 3rd at the Pizza Casa Restaurant. It starts at 7 o'clock. It's going to be way fun. We have a wonderful guest speaker for the first one. It'll be Donna Sebo. And by the way, Donna Sebo will be on our show in a couple of weeks, too. She's going to be doing readings. So that will be great, too. So we'll be publicizing it then, too. So, um, yeah, and we just love having her. And uh, she's been a while since she's been on the show, but it was about time we had her on. So anyway, and then also I do the horoscope column for 1150kknw.com, horoscopes, horoscopes, horoscopes. Uh, do it once a week for them. And also um, I'm involved with the Barrel Full of Monkeys Productions, and we do um, audio books, and I've done two books of theirs so far. Okay, and let's see, Michael, who, how do we get a hold of you? Oh, yeah, my website is uh, my name, michaelcepress.com, M I C H A E L. C-E-P-R-E-S-S dot com. All my contact information is on there. Okay, that's wonderful. Yeah, and you can hear recordings on the website (laughs) as well. That's true. You can. So, and then my my site is EileenGrimes.com. Also, it's the Jupiter Rising Show at AOL.com. So that's, those are my two websites that I do this. Okay, coming next week is Mary Beckman. All right. You know, the rock and roll psychic is going to be here. She's been my, my sidekick for quite a long time on our my show and other things. We are very good friends, and we're going to be doing readings together. So if you want to have a reading, please contact us right at the beginning of the show. And then also on the July 10th, we have Donna Sebo. Okay, that's it for us. We are taking out, and Michael's going to take us out with us. So this is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Feeling ready, feeling pretty, stepping out to the edge of the sky. Darling companion, a 
single blossom chasing beauty and never asking why embroidered velvet a feather swaying brim turn to frame his emerald eye soft sleeves flowing Fine steps of leather, jewelry jingles. This dance is your surprise. He's the fool walking on the sun. He's the fool, our colorful one. He's the fool walking on the sun.